Welcome to the section of our podcast we call In Conversation With, where we sit down with sports industry experts, women in sports and thought leaders and pioneers within the industry. My name is Lorraine and I'm joined by my co-host Patricia. Together with our amazing guests, we'll be discussing working data-driven, increasing visibility for women in sports, and leveraging tools such as a sports customer data platform to propel your sports organization to the next level. So without further ado, let's meet our guests. From founding Villaham Standard Soccer Academy in Uganda to being the head coach of BK Hecken a team in the highest division of women's football in Sweden, and being a partner and CEO for Gig Nation, our next guest career spans many fields and industries. However, it is his passion for women's sports and sports in general that has brought him to our podcast. Robert, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm glad being on your podcast. So thank you. We're very glad to have you too. Uh, before we start, we'd like to start off with an icebreaker. And with our icebreaker, we want to know what your favorite quote, expression, or motto is, and why it is your favorite quote. Do you have one of those? Well, I like one from from the movie Gladiator. Actually, it's like um, what we do in life echoes in eternity. So I think it's like if you do good stuff, it likes keep you alive forever, and it's also like have an effect on the next generation. So. That's a that's a quote I really like. So what you do in life echoes in eternity. But uh, my motto is basically be kind. So that's what I'm trying to to be or trying to teach my kids. Uh, what I'm trying to tell people that try to be kind. Everybody can be kind. Well, that that was really deep, I think. That was really, <laughs> really deep. <laughs> it's not but that yeah. deep. It's just like, I mean, think of it. You can do stuff and you perhaps don't have a thought to do stuff, but be kind. You can always try to be kind. Mm-hmm. And if you are kind, then you have an effect on people. Absolutely. But it's super encouraging for us as well, because you're saying echoing in eternity and the next generation, which is something that we are passionate about with this podcast. You know, we want to make sure that we're leaving a mark and an impact in women's sports. That's food for thought for me and Patricia, I, I definitely think. Robert, you're obviously not a woman, but the subject of women in sports is one that you're passionate about. Can you tell us why? I have a background where I'm a teacher. So I've been studying at the university for many years. And uh, when you study at the university, you you learn stuff. You learn about uh, equality. You learn about uh, gender. You learn about everything. Uh, and I, when I was doing that, I was uh, teaching to become a, a sports teacher and geography teacher. And when you read about, you know, in sports uh, specifically in the classroom, you can see that the boys are having a much higher grade than the, than the girls, but in the other subjects in school, they are the girls are having higher grades when you look at it in Sweden, for example. And and it's like I thought that was so interesting because just in sport you usually compare boys and girls, but you know what? Boys and girls have different uh, bodies; they are built in different ways. So I don't think you should compare them. Uh, but when I looked at it in my essay in, in school, I can see that you mainly do those sports where you have a you know, the strongest players win during the training. So I thought that's like, oh, this is interesting and this is quite wrong, basically. But also in, during that period, I got, a, I got kids. My, me and my wife got a twins, uh, one boy and one girl. And it's like when you get two at one time and it's a boy and a girl, you, you reflect on their dreams and what they can become and so on. And then you realize that perhaps 
my son has easier steps to take to become uh, good in sport, for example, than my, my daughter, because it's like, even if they work really hard, both of them, and become like the best player in the world in football, for example, Caspian, my son, will have a bigger uh, profit than my, my daughter, just because the society and the, the sport right now is uh, focusing on the men's sport. So so I always take the chance to, to like go into the, the equality and try to like raise the women as well, because I think it's it's fair that you are compared to yourself and your gender, not to your the opposite. And I used to think that we need to take steps there. So so for me with women's sports, it's mainly about the history, what we are right now, but also for my daughter to to grow up and, and try to find a way for her to yeah, but to have the same chance and for all girls and the next generation and so on. So it's a little bit deep, but it's also like concrete because it's my my kids. I think it's so important. It's very beautiful the way you talk about it, that it starts that it started from home, that your own daughter was your inspiration and that brought you on what's now a very exciting and interesting journey. Speaking of journey, what has been your professional journey in women's sports so far? My former career when I was a teacher was, then it was, of course, girls and boys, basically trying to give them the, the best chance to, to have a good uh, inspiration teacher and try to teach them to, to become whatever they want in sports world and don't let anyone treat you bad. I mean, in, in sports, you still have those Motto, uh, quotes that's not really good for women i mean we we have like throw like a girl uh, run like a girl we have like uh, use the girl racket don't play like a girl and i mean oh, i always took the chances to, to educate my students that this is not fair this is not good because this kind of affect how you think of men and and women in the beginning and in the end so i think it's in the first phrase it was there trying to educate pupils that come on we, we need to know this and we need, we need to change this and then i've been a football player for my whole life and then i become a football coach for men's so I, i've been not so long in the women's sport but uh, last year i got the chance to to get this opportunity to take over beko hecken women team and uh, they won the league the year before they played in the champions league and most of my players are national team players from all over the world basically so so I've been here now for six months and I, I love it. It's like they are so professional. They are so dedicated and they are so willing to learn. And for me, it's like uh, now I can really have an impact on those players on women's sport. I can also do my own career because I'm still a football coach. It's not like I haven't changed sport. It's just that I work with girls right now. And it's like, I love it. It's great. So it's six months in there highest division and in the Champions League and I, I I love it. That sounds really exciting and a really great journey to be on. Uh, what would you say have been some of the most surprising things that you have encountered or noticed uh, as head coach of a women's team? And these can be, of course, either good or bad. It's up to you, but just any highlights? Yeah. The question always when you go from men to women is like, oh, what's the biggest difference? Oh, please tell me. And everybody wants to know that those questions. And it's and I understand those questions. But for me, it's more like uh, the last group I was at was the men's team in Bekohecken. And they are also professional. They're also the highest level. Uh, but when I went to the women team, then I changed to 25 new players. And those players have uh, different backgrounds, different stories, different skills. And it's the same when I changed club from my former club before Beko Hecken men's team that was quitting uh, another men's team is still 25 new players that are different. And and I don't think it's a big difference because they are still playing football and they still run, they still still shoot, they still pass, they are good in different stuff. 
but one thing I can just talk about is that I see the difference in what the girls in Beko Hecken have done outside the pitch, how they need to 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 work in in uh, like in different ways to to handle their career because uh, we're taking a big step with the women football that they are full time paid, they are good paid, and they are actually full time professional football players, which is kind of unique in Sweden. It's not like most of the teams have that, but I can tell that they also have a uh, go to the university on on part time. They they like trying to take care of their next step in the career because they know that the the money in the women football is not like in men's football so i would say i have a lot more players that are educated or are going to the university than in men's football uh, if you like generate the, the men's football is mostly players who go all in on football they might quit football uh, quit school before they actually graduate from the from the gymnasium so i think that's a big big thing that the, the players for the women team is is uh, educated and educated people have easier to understand the game as easier to to ask questions to me and and like they they put me in a in a in a thing that i need to be sharp i need to explain why they should do stuff and they want to know how it affects stuff so so i love that because then we have the discussion how to learn and what we should do and then it becomes more involving for me to be a good coach as well so i think that's a big thing a big difference uh, in Beckerhecken men and w- women. Wow, incredible. We've actually never heard that one before. I know that um, studies show that when it comes to women's sports, for example, like fans are more digitally savvy and more agile online because they've been forced to to learn really exactly what you're saying, to learn new ways of connecting with their favorite players and all that kind of stuff. Would you say yeah. that, um, without leading too much, leading in the question too much, would you say that digital is something that you have also experienced as like a big thing in in women's sports, maybe in your team, for example? Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, you can be smart in branding yourself, right, or a company, whatever. A men's player, if you get good enough, you earn your money, you get your uh, you get your branding. On your own, I, I would say, uh, the the women basically are still having like a lot of followers on LinkedIn or Instagram or, or social media, and they know that 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 it could be good for their career to actually build a a brand for them, uh, and that's because they don't earn so much money as the men. I guess that they they need to be clever there uh, right now. In the future, I hope they will have a better salary so they don't need to put a lot of effort on that. But yeah, that's that's correct. And you can tell by the, by the players in my team, they are national team players and they have a big followers in all of the, the world, basically. So they can use that uh, in some way as well. Uh, but I can just tell you about, the, we have a psychologist in, in the team working with both the men and the women, trying to work basically the same with the, with both the, the team spirit, but also about their individual part. And, and you know, the younger one, we, we speak to them about uh, the long career, how you can have that. Uh, the 20 to 25, what's the next step for you? And the 25 to 35, what should you do after your career? But in the girls, we, we can see that they're already taking care of what you should do, should do after your career already when you're 21, 22, 23. And, and uh, the men's are basically taking it after the career and end up in a little bit stressed situation because they don't have nothing to, to fall back on. So I think in a good way, that's good for them because they have a plan. In a bad way, they also need to have that plan because they cannot really go all in on their sport. So I think it's it's not the best way because if they want to go all in on the sport for, for the girls, I think they should do that and they should earn a lot of money if 
because they are national team players. So it's not only good, but it's of course good to be educated and have a plan though. Absolutely. And you are the first man we've had on the podcast when we're talking about women in sports and women's sports in general. Um, but without forcing you to philosophize too much, why do you think it's important that men are included in this conversation and that they are actually active allies and trying to actively support women in sports? But I think it's like, it's obvious that all the girls want to improve their situation, right? And they do it. But I mean, as long as no men try to do it as well, it doesn't have the impact on the men. And it's the men we need to change, basically, because it's a men's industry. Uh, historically, it's like it's the men that did the sport from the beginning. It's them that created the associations and everything. And then if you look at a game, it's mostly men that are on the stadiums or are supporters. So we need to find men like me or other one that also can um stand up for e equality and and also like understand that it's like you you can still have your job you can still have your benefits but you can also do great stuff for others and like i said i, I have a lot of old players that i play with before that they get a daughter now they get a two daughters and they they contact me can we come and visit you because you're the coach for the girls and i always invite them and because i think it's, it's so important that we take responsibility to to help out i mean i'm not sure that that we can do it if we don't help out. And I think if I'm like men's coach in a women's sport now, if I just try to be there and also try to uh, use my experience to make this grow, I think that could be good stuff. But of course, I mean, I think everybody should help out. Women, young, old, of course. Absolutely, absolutely. But what does this look like in, in practice? Because for you, it's actually being a head coach. It's you being yeah. a teacher and really instilling that in kids in school, because that is that is very important. That's an important part of the conversation. But what can other men do who might might not be coaches or, or teachers? Like, what does this look like in practice? How does one become an ally? What I do is that I try to always not comparing men's football with women's football, for example. I think uh, you cannot compare them and say that uh, Beko Hecken's men's team is a lot better than Beko Hecken's women's team. I mean, it's different gender and you cannot compare them. I try to go to the product for my team and women's sport and how can we do that better? And I think uh, all men should try to think of how can we bring our daughters or sons to that game? How can we bring more money with the companies to their sport and not comparing them? Because I don't think you compare uh, high jump or, or tennis with, with the different genders because you know that they don't compete against each other. Uh, and I think, for example, with my former players who I play with, most of them have a, a daughter and they starting to play football because the dad liked football, right? So I try to invite them so they can bring their daughters to to the training camp or the games and they then can get the real role models is actually girls. Uh, 20 years back, you might have the men as a as an idol, even if you were a girl player, but now you can actually find those idols within the girls. And I think if every man can try to to expose the women's sport for, for themselves and others, I think then we can start building this product. If you look at uh, Barcelona Lyon now, they have the full stadium and, and uh, people went there watching that game and really liking that game and thinking that this is great football. They don't compare it to Barcelona men or Lyon men. They, they just went there and saw a great football game between great athletes and 
those girls in those teams have the right club, the right money to actually improve and get to that level. And we are trying to do the same in Beko Hecken that we give them full-time salary. We have staff around me that can help them to become the best version of themselves, right? And when you do that, then it's also easier to to tell companies to, you know, sponsor the girls team because you get a good social media exposing there as well. It's a lot of people following you now. So I just think that all men should think of it like not compare them with men, uh, just focusing on how can we make this product good because this product is coming and like your part and everything is, everybody wants to see this and it's like, it's, it's business and it's also like how you should be thinking because it's correct, you know? So I just think stop comparing, try to take your daughters or your sons to the game, try to see the, the benefit they, they actually get from it. Earlier, actually, you mentioned um, when you were teaching that you would really try to instill in the kids, like boys, girls, everyone, that um, you don't say things like like a girl or you're shooting like a girl or you're fighting like a girl. And actually, when you were talking about being in university and learning stuff, I actually did, um, as part of my master's, when I was doing my marketing uh, master's, uh, one of the campaigns that I looked at was um, always the, the sanitary products company. Uh, they had a campaign actually called like a girl, hashtag like a girl. And mm. with that campaign, what they basically did was film men, boys, little girls and women. And they would say, can you hit this ball like a, like a girl? Can you, mm. can you shoot like a girl? Can you hit like a girl? And the little girls would just hit normally and they would just do everything normally and give it their best and just really put all everything into it. But then the grown-ups would do like little, you know, weak kind of shooting, kind of like, ah, oh, kind of, you know, those sound effects, <laughs> what <laughs> like a girl means. And it was really a powerful campaign that resonate, resonated worldwide because it went to show just how like a girl can really be used in a disparaging way. And I think yeah. that there's something really powerful that is mirroring what you just said, uh, what you said earlier about trying to to not have those mentalities and shifting that culture. And what you're saying right now, I think, is that fathers and men really have that that role to play as well to to really instill yeah. in, in society that, no, that's not the case. Yeah, but exactly. And I, I actually used that movie with my students, and that clips, because they were, they were great. And I also bought a book, uh, it's named Run Like a Girl. And they switched it to like a really empowering uh, young girls running with like athletes. Mm. So I actually used those clips in my education. But I also took every chance when somebody used it wrong and just, you know, this is not right. Don't use it like that. And then it's no big deal. But, you know, every time you do that, I think you you end up teaching them that it is not the way you should use it. Uh, and I do that with my friends as well. I mean, like I said, it's not... Even if you are 40 years old, you don't. You end up saying stupid stuff sometimes. And I always take every chance I get to to tell them during a dinner, you know, you cannot say that. And they're like, no, nah, sorry. I just think we used to need to, to, to take steps every time. Because if you do that, then you erase that run like a girl or throw like a girl. That's something weak. I mean, like you said, those young girls, they are throwing in the best and it's like, athletes so yeah so but i think that's a good uh, thing and that uh, campaign was great i must say um, but also i mean everybody cannot do 
big stuff, but you can do the small stuff. And that's being a good role model for your daughters to to show them that women's sport is great and you can become a sports athlete. And then I think in a bit in longer run, we just need to make sure that the the, the women's sport have a lot of social media money that when you actually put your effort into that sport, you get what you deserve. Once again, my daughter, my son, I want my daughter to get the respect she earned if she becomes the best in the world in something or if she do something great. I don't think my son should have easier a path. That's not fair. 100%. And uh, it's just very, um, it, it goes to show that it's the small things. Just mentioning, like you said, by the dinner table, you can already start something and uh, help make a change little by little. Yeah. Well, besides being you know, an amazing coach and a teacher, you're not only involved in championing women's sports, but you also have a football academy in Uganda. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and also the motivations and just your experience overall doing this? I have one like uh, ground principle in my life. It's like, I think if you have a, everything's settled that you can actually, uh, you know, you have your house, you have your family, you have your food at the table, then you should at least try to do something more for someone else. For me, it was like, okay, how can I use my network, basically? So so when I was become a teacher, we went to Uganda because I was starting to become a geography teacher. So we were there watching um, different societies. And when I was there, I was seeing all these kids running around playing football everywhere. They're playing, you know, on dusty ground and, and they played with a, a bottle or a cane or whatever they just kicked it and run around having so much fun and it was like and then i knew that i was a coach then in in a in a division two in sweden i knew that we had so much equipment laying in the garage and we don't use it and i know all the clubs that i've been to we have so many uh, tons of stuff that we don't use and we just throw them away and it's like i was just thinking that i'm gonna use my network to do something good for as, as much people as possible so i i Got to know a principal there for a school, so we we decided that we we start a soccer academy here. Uh, I bring uh, shoes, balls, clothes. I um, also started to sponsor with a little bit of my money to to help them to become uh, playing in a league so they can play away games. So just like non-profit academy, just uh, bringing joy with football using my network in Sweden. And when I did that, I took a, a few friends with me because I wanted to show them this fantastic country. Uh, and they, they they got involved and they wanted to help out and they went out to their companies and asked for a little bit of money and then it's starting to grow. And then uh, after a year or two, I ended up having a lot of companies, a lot of uh, teams in Sweden wanting to help out. So, so now it's quite easy for me to just send out the social media announce that please yeah, I need some more stuff. I'm going to go back this time. Is anyone want to go? And then I bring a lot of people. So that's how it works. And that's how it is. It's like 45, 50 kids running around in, uh, in the countryside in Uganda playing football and having fun. So that's what it's all about. Um, but then actually talking about women and, and men, uh, it was struggling because I wanted to have both girls and boys playing football. And the culture there is... Uh, boys are playing football, girls are playing netball. But I like, no, no, we play football in Europe. We play football around the world. It's no problem. So just come and we have the first training. And I I went to the pitch and no one came. came. It was like so, you know, the, the, the tradition there is so strong. So it basically was that, okay, but then I, I started a netball academy for the girls 
in the first round. So I collected money and bought netball stuff because we don't have netball in Sweden. So so now we have an academy there with the 25 boys and 25 girls. The girls mainly playing netball and the boys playing football. But because of the pandemic, we, I need to wait with uh, the women's sport. But next time I go, we're going to start uh, a women's football academy as well in that academy. Because now they see on my social media that that girls actually play football and they actually are you know, professional football players. So so I think we have a good um, good gap now that we can actually get close that gap and show them that football is for everyone. Do you see a connection between doing sports and uh, how it helps them in school or in other aspects of their life? Uh, I'm thinking especially since you are giving them the chance to, I'm thinking now both boys and girls, the chance to explore not only a sport, but just to to uh, have some type of activity that they can dedicate their passion to. And perhaps if you can see any connection to how it helps them in school and other activities. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like one of the things is that a few of these kids are orphans and they couldn't actually go to school because it's uh, it's not everybody that goes to school in Uganda. So they actually get go to the school for free as well because they are a part of the academy. So those kids are actually getting their education through their sport. And that's that I think is great. Uh, but then, of course, I can see their joy and happiness that they also think that they can become professional football players. Even if they play on a pitch, that's not so good. I, I, I educate the coaches. I, I help them to go on different courses so they become good coaches. So in the long run, perhaps we help some of those players to actually be play on a higher level so of course that's and you're seeing them want to reach there that's fine you know you see them with hope you see them that they because in um in the countryside in uganda you don't have so much it's not you don't have running uh you don't have water i mean you don't get it you don't have it in there so i mean to see them just play football and have their dreams that's that's a big thing why i'm doing it uh and it's like like I said, be kind, try to do good stuff. But of course, you get it, you get it back because uh, when you are there, you become so happy because you see those people having so much fun. So it's like it gives me so much good feelings that you do something uh, good, that you do something that really can have an echo in eternity. Yeah, I'm just kind of sitting here just visualizing what you're talking about because it is it is incredible. It reminds me of a conversation that we had with um, a woman in sports called Maria Cabrera, who is based out in Colombia. And she was talking about how she uses football to to sort of address the issues of the country in a way on a very small scale, individual kind of basis, you know, because when you talk about kids not being able to go to school that that's a completely different conversation altogether you know and so yeah. it's like it is so encouraging and really sobering to be able to to be in a position where you can talk about sports or you can use sports to do something that really d- will echo in eternity because you are changing people's lives you know it just goes beyond the we're just going to try and fill up a stadium, you know, it, it goes. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. And I mean, I also, when I was a teacher, I actually started this uh, collaboration. So we went there with uh, eight to 10 students once a year. So they were actually, I was taking them and a few teachers to, to actually go there and be with them and be students at that school, having like uh, multicultural conversation about everything. And then what you can see after that is when they come home from Uganda, they, 
to Sweden again, they inspire their parents or somebody else. And it's like, so, so I think that's a good way to, to just help people be aware of different culture and actually embrace them a little bit more. So I think, uh, like you said, it's those things that have an effect. Then you don't need to do like I'm starting the, this academy, but you can still do the little part, right? So you can do, you can send money or you can talk to your kids about people who are different, but they are still people and you can be kind to them. So, yeah. Can we get an invite next time you go to Uganda? Yeah, yeah, you can come with me, please. <laughs> please come with me. I'm, uh, I'm loved bringing a lot of different uh, people from different areas, you know, footballer. Uh, I brought last year, I brought also a movie team. So I think it's it's great because then you get these experiences when you meet up there and you meet them. It's like, nah, that's trips I have ever done. Uh, and once I brought my, my twin kids as well, and that's the best education trip I've done. When they were actually students at that school uh, without smartphones or whatever for one week, that was the best trip ever, actually. Awesome, awesome. We we look forward to hearing back from you about this. I get okay. back to you there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm um, sort of on a different note to kind of step back from the very um, sort of personal to the more micro level. Yeah. What have been some changes that you've seen in the industry that has made you very optimistic about the future of sports? Well, I think the biggest thing, in, in uh, if I sp speak about football, is that the, the, the men's team are actually going all in on the women's team now. Uh, so what's happening the last years in Europe is that uh, the biggest clubs, Barcelona, Juventus, Real Madrid, everybody's uh, trying to, to put an effort to have a, a women's team uh, and become the best in the world with them. And I think, of course, they have a, they have a few things that I think of. They're not just doing it for fun or just doing it for women's sport. They're doing it because they understand that they can have more uh, supporters, right? And they can get a, a better brand. But like I said, if you do good stuff for good people and it's have a benefit for you as well, then, then it's fine, I would say. So so what's happening in Europe is that, that you can see that the clubs are uh, putting in more money. They're giving the girls much more better chances to, to become good footballers, right? Uh, the companies through these companies also understand that, okay, we are... We're putting in money because this product is growing, right? Uh, they're playing on the biggest stadiums. They sold out the stadiums now in, in Europe. Um, so that's one thing that's like, okay, I know now that this women's sport in football is going to grow and become really good and really great. There's no turning back now because these clubs uh, understand, understand the purpose of it. The struggle is to, to get the other clubs to, to step up now and also follow this. I mean, you need money for that. So mm -hmm. Beko Hecken is, is doing it in Sweden because they have money. A few teams in, in, in Sweden, in Scandinavia, is struggling because they don't have the money. They want to do it, but they don't do it yet. So, so I just think that it's coming, uh, especially in the biggest club. But it's also like it could go faster if the sponsors, the companies understand that uh, it's like now you can go in. It's now you can actually get a great benefit if you go in and sponsor the women's sport. Uh, the social media is already there. I, I would say the newspapers, the, the TV, they understand that this is something we need to do. So for me, it's like it's, I'm 100% sure that it will be great for the women. But that's like how long trip should it be? I don't think we need that long trip now. I think we can go now. Uh, so I just hope that everybody follows now. That's why I love this podcast, because it's this kind of stuff that makes uh, makes this trip quicker. And I think it's, we are there now.
people are watching women football and think it's great. People are watching women tennis and think it's great. So just just put in more money and go to more sports and just see the activities. It's great. And I'm guessing like that is the one thing when you when it comes to money, that's the one thing you you would change about the industry, like the downside of it, just for people to finally wake up and realize it's no longer about uh, it's not charity. It's not trying to do something good so you can just feel good. But it's also beneficial for you because there are many benefits. And actually studies show that 25 percent more fans of female sports are willing to buy products from sponsors than fans. Yeah. Of- sport i just think that also that if i look at some of our sponsors in beko hecken they actually want to just sponsor their women team because they see the benefit for their company to, to sponsor women's sport right and i mean of course you can say that but that's not equal you should sponsor both but also but i think they get in a, a step longer actually they they want to do this uh journey quicker they want to help the women in industry really fast and then i think it's I think it's fair. I mean, they want to have a big profit as well because they they can like show them that they are supporting women's sport, right? But men have had that all years before, so I don't think it's a problem that it's like comes back to the exactly. And in a few years from now, uh, and please uh, take that as you will, what impact would you like to have uh, made within the sports industry? And now I'm thinking both when it comes to in Sweden, but also Uganda and even just across the world big question but i mean i mean i live in the present and try to help out day by day with those plays i have and try to like push them to the limit and i try to push the club to give them the salary they deserve i try to push the the agents when they call that uh, you know i try to push everyone to to just raise it up uh, in the long run i hope that it closes the gap between men and and, and women in both salaries but also especially i would say in the in the status when you know when you have the best female player and the best man player i think they should deserve the best potential what do you call it exposure that they should actually everybody should know who the best female football player is and the man player i don't care about the money so much i care about they deserve it because they are the best player they can be right so i think in a five year from now i hope the the newspapers the social media and everybody embrace that and also try to to show that that if you are the best player in the world girl or boy you should deserve that that's branding basically because money is involved and if it's a lot more money in men and sports than women's sport then of course it's harder to get the equal salary in each situation but try to close that gap would be great and also try to give the girls that money so they actually can go all in on football or sport uh, that would be great um, and for me it's like i'm hoping to to do stuff of course in Uganda and everybody but I think day by day I do that and I don't have any personal goal with that I'm just trying to do good stuff and trying to be happy in my life uh, and afterwards when I'm done with my life I hope that it gives echo but I mean it's not like I need to do it because my ego or something like that I just try to be the best version of myself and I'm trying to take all the fights that I can to, to embrace it and I mean now I'm in women's sport and I took a decision when I went to Beckerhek and women that I I think this is kind of a cool trip to take and I think this is something that suits me. Um so now I'm, I think I'm going to stay actually. I I think I want to be here and I want to I want to come out to Europe and coach a team there and have a big impact on this industry as well. So so if you ask me today I hope that I'm out in Europe in five years from now and and helping a big team and also then I can get a better effect because then I perhaps a coach for the best teams in Europe and then I can continue work day by day with that so it's like that's my motto
And to any women in sports that are listening right now and men who want to be allies of women in sports, what advice would you give them? I would say that they should just uh, take place. I think they should just uh, don't be shy or don't be thinking that they, they don't deserve it because they deserve it. They deserve so much more than I get. So I don't think it's complaining. I just think that they should speak out because they deserve it. And uh, men uh, that's not really are involved right now, they should just uh, treat them with respect when they do it. They should also try to, to encourage themselves to be a little bit open-minded about everything and just try to to understand that it's every person's right to develop, even if you're a man or woman, right? So something like that. But I mean, all the women out there, they, don't, they shouldn't feel afraid to step up and take this place. I think they are they are good enough and they should be there. Robert, thank you so very much for coming on to our podcast. It has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure for me too. So thank you so much. If your goal is to deliver a world-class supporter experience at every game and you want to know how you can meet that goal and get started today, then visit our website at datatalks.se and fill out our demo form to experience firsthand how we can help you. Or you can sign up for our masterclass or email list to get exclusive materials such as ebooks and case studies that will help you meet your goals better. Until next time, stay productive. Data Talks, we fill the stadium, you focus on the game.